everybody. Welcome back to Coffee and Comic Books. I'm Autumn. I'm joined as always by Rick. Hello. It's December 31st as we're recording this. It's almost certainly no longer 2023 when you're hearing this, dear listener. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, it's our first episode of the year. We're doing Eternals because last year, uh, there, our first episode of the year was Jack Kirby 2001, and I just thought it would be fun to do more Jack Kirby. But before we get to that, Rick, what have you been reading? Okay, I'm going to start with the thing furthest away from the Eternals. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I got a book a while ago. I want to see where this was published because it leads. Uh, in 2018 from uh, Kay Briggs. It's called Triskelion. And it's a hero's journey story that like is like both fact, like it's both um, fictional and non-fictional kind of thing. It's okay. really beautiful. And then they went on to make another work. Um, they basically just adapted the entire unabridged text of Macbeth. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about um, Shakespeare and Macbeth is that Macbeth is not the most complicated story in the world and everyone knows it. Right. So it allows you to do basically the history of art history and make this one of the most densest comics you'll ever read of just like what's going on every page. It's the one I've been sending you pictures of. Okay, I'm I'm looking at some of the pages on her website. This is, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and you've like you've been sending story. me these pictures too, and they're fucking incredible. And yeah, so it's just Macbeth, but the style is constantly morphing. There's like powerpoints about people talking about alcohol, and the yeah, it's great. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay, this was July 2023. I was like, what's the line between this book and Pentiment? Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there was this here. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, Some similar style. Yeah, similar, sure. There's similar definitely pages that are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, she's yeah, got a fox and hair gorgeous, in too. Okay. Gorgeous stuff. But there's not that much to say about it other than it is, like, breathtaking. You should go look at it with your eyes because it's the story of Macbeth and everyone <laughs> knows Macbeth. Yeah. Um, people should go to Catherine, that's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-E, Briggs, B-R-I-G-G-S dot com. Uh, and just, like, open up her publications page because um, there's some gorgeous stuff just in the sample pages online. I might have to pick up this Macbeth. This looks... I, I will also say, I think I like Triskelion more just because it's, like, not a... Like, it's not Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that one has a lot of, like, interesting stuff. Like, it's got, like, back matter. And it's also, like, doing the same thing. I'll show you. I got a page of... Uh... Like, it's, it's, a, it's basically a hero's journey story, but through, like, her interests as well as, like, art okay. history. So, like, for example... Um... And I believe um, Avery Hill, the publisher of the Macbeth book, has it online. Yeah, shit. This is only 20 bucks. I might pick this up as soon as we hang up the podcast. <laughs> as you can see, it goes a bit beyond just uh, medieval art history and the other one. Oh, wow. <laughs> These are fucking amazing. The, like, yeah, there's, pasted there's on like, Times New Roman... Uh, on this page. Oh, there's the Sailor Scouts. Oh, shit. <laughs> I had yeah, to, like, yeah, what, yeah, zoom yeah, yeah, in yeah. a little bit uh, to even recognize, oh, those are the Sailor Scouts buried under all this collage art. Holy shit. But then you can uh, also, you go to the next page, and uh, this will be more what you've been reading recently. <laughs> um, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Square panels. Jack Kirby. <laughs> no, behind it. Oh, shit. I can just... Be- what is that? I can... I recognize it's Dark it. Dark Phoenix. Oh, my God. That's Dark Phoenix back there. I had to, like, zoom in a little bit because it's, like, under so much stuff. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, my God. Was- <laughs> history, personal history... Hero Journey, all that, yeah, all, through all, all that stuff, it's great. Yeah, I might have to pick this up. This is Triskelion still? Yeah. Okay, I might pick this up as soon as we yeah, hang up here. Very good. <laughs> okay, um, and then uh, I read a comic called uh, Helberta, which is a collection of comics that were made from um, 2008-2014. It was three issues, and they're bootleg Wolverine comics. <laughs> I'm looking at a very sad Wolverine right now. <laughs> okay, so the thing about this book is that it's um I'll, I'll read the description that you did on the website. It's from the the Parisian's book. Um, the gloom, the entitlement, the desecration of the tar sands hangs over a province, a nation. Dirty oil addiction, a popular myth set in the Rocky Mountains, a mutant named Logan, a poetic solve for sore eyes, weeping for metaphorical context. WWWD. What would Wolverine do? A blanket to throw over the invisible man that is Canadian identity. Is is this ducks but with Wolverine in it? Uh, a bit. <laughs> but it gets like weirder than that. Um, okay, so I'm going to send you this panel. You can decide if you want to tell people what it says or not because you're going to read it and die laughing. Okay. Um, oh, Peter's sweet and beautiful and gentle, but since he's come back from being <laughs> dead, he could... You might not want to read it out loud. I was supposed to... <laughs> <laughs> that's jubilee and um yeah and kitty oh my god talking about stuff talking about courses all right <laughs> and like the rest of it is like them talking about like adventures with wolverine like quote unquote like that kind of st- yeah yeah and that's the middle of the book and then there's like uh where's this this is just um this is just neil young with wolverine's hair it's great oh my god that's neil young with wolverine hair <laughs> it, like the second issue is like him just getting drunk at a bar and then like recreating scenes from the claremont wolverine comics until he falls on his face and then dives into an oil tanker that he thinks is a sentinel and explodes <laughs> <laughs> And then the third one, he he uh, goes back to the woods, finds a deer that's been like poisoned by the oil, and then goes on a, a Wolverine killing spree against the Mounties that come to fight him because he's killing oil workers at like oil plants. <laughs> Hell yeah, Wolverine! And then, Har- and then Stephen Harper shows up because it's 2014. Oh. <laughs> and then Gene shows up and burns the whole world. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, great. okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's good times. <laughs> I will say this is this uh, like that that well, first panel. The book's very um not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's fun like that. <laughs> well, learning a lot about uh, Colossus's iron anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, now we get uh, now we're closest to Marvel, so we can get into actual Marvel. I read two issues of Quasar, we- and you're going to be asking yourself. Why did you read two issues of Quasar? (laughs) Yeah, I am wondering this. (laughs) Okay, so the book we read is about a group of superheroes, and every superhero team has one guy who runs really fast. It's Mm -hmm. like a a law. Yeah. And 
McCurry's on that one. And um, so Quasar, for those who don't know, is like the Doctor Strange of Outer Space. Right, okay, okay. He's I'm like, like looking at like, him now, out, and this is jogging some memories. Okay. He's like Outer Space Doctor Strange, where Doctor Strange is like inner space, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm going to send you the cover of this first issue. Uh, have you read any of the Thanos stuff, the Infinity Got all that stuff? Not really. Um... I'm I'm learning that uh, Quasar was written by Mark Grunewald for sixty issues, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe these issues are good. Um, <laughs> so, um, importantly, uh, during the first Infinity Gauntlet thing, Thanos tricks all the elders of the universe for all the gems. One of them is a guy who runs really fast, like he's the speed god or whatever. Right. Okay, so um, these this is the first issue, and um, do you know any of these characters? Other than, like three of them. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ. I know and Quicksilver. No, the is not a joke. It's a real character. Uh, I know. I'm pretty sure the Black Racer is a DC character. Um, yeah, kind of. Uh, I know Captain Marvel, and I've definitely seen this Captain Marvel, but this is not. Other than that, oh, there's Makari. Okay. Who did yeah, this yeah. cover? So, this isn't Simonson, but it's kind of giving Simonson. No, it's uh, this issue is drawn by Mike Manley. Okay, I couldn't quite read that signature. And it is written by Grunwald. Okay. But the important part about this comic, and the reason why it's nutty, is uh, so the guy, the guy's named The Runner, and he goes and finds all these heroes that run fast and says, like, I want to have a race. Mm-hmm. And they're like, sure, I guess. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel gets uh, disqualified because she flies and doesn't run. Sure. No one knows why she's there, even the writers. <laughs> but <laughs> importantly, this comic comes out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then halfway through the race, this happens. Oh, no. Uh, I got to make this page a little bigger so I can read it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to. It's not about reading it, it's about what is shown to you with your eyes. Uh, is this. Barry Allen? Yes. Is is this Barry Allen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Barry who's, Allen who's kicks all their asses. Who's currently dead in like, DC continuity in 1990, yes. right? Okay. <laughs> Christ is 86. Yes. Okay. What? So then Allen he just here? beasts all their asses, and then they call him Buried Alien because it's B.A. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all his, all his lines are like about how I was running so fast and then something happened and I don't know where I am now. Okay, that's the first issue. Uh, Cut to, like, 40 issues later. Oh, my God. They cannot bring fake Barry Allen back. You're not... <laughs> okay, it gets worse, weirder than that. Uh, so, uh, Makari finds a planet where, like, this, this creature was going to go to this race because he lost his qualifier for the actual final race. Mm-hmm. And so he takes that guy's qualifier to go to the place where the last race is supposed to be. And he comes across the runner, uh, Barry Allen. And, uh, okay, this is where it gets the most Mark Grunwaldy and either good or bad, depending on how stupid you like your comics, <laughs> it can possibly be. Because he runs into the tortoise from the tortoise and the hare. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> and Barry Allen. Oh, my God. This comic... So the reason why Barry Allen does not win this race is because he has to beat up the Energizer Bunny for foul play in the middle of it. 
Oh my god. <laughs> what am I fucking looking at right now? He beats the stuffing out of the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, like, this is happening... Okay, like, the next page is even funnier because it's happening while Quasar is having a chat with, like, God of the Marvel Universe at the same time. It's like... <sighs> Is this the one above all? Who is this? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, Makari wins the race because he's, like, the other main character of the comic. Right. It gets dumber. You ready for the way it gets dumber? <laughs> From the man who brought us Cap Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, no. So, um, he, he gets presented a medal for winning this race. Hmm. Please tell the audience who he gets the medal from. Uh... I see the Watcher here. Um, no, the bottom left panel. Bottom left. Oh, the Roadrunner, obviously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another DC character. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. I don't know I don't when know. that merger happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, here's the... The, the Roadrunner is sitting right next to the Watcher in the first panel. I just looked right past him at first. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the person in between them? I have no idea. I'm so focused on these scrolls just vibing in the background, and then there's a horse, too. There's a horse just yeah. hanging out. <laughs> Is that a thing I made of broccoli? I think like, so. Oh. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, and then that, that, that's the two issues of comic I read, because Makari makes me think of these two issues of comics. Uh... Yeah, I the only Mark Grunewald stuff I know is Cap Wolf. Um, this seems delightful. <laughs> um, it is. I had to send these to M during the week because I was reading, reading them, going, "Oh, this is so dumb." <laughs> 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 M got very stuck up on the fact that the Wizard is a real character who's just in Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really draw attention to that, but there is a character named the Wizard. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been reading okay. Other than the Eternals I've been reading one thing, but I'm gonna go turn off my radiator Before I get into it, give me two seconds So The one thing that I've been reading has been um, Fafford and the Grey Mouser Which you recommended to me on like One of the first episodes of this podcast we did um, It's An adaptation written by Howard Chaikin, drawn by Mike Mignola And holy shit It is so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, uh, <laughs> um, I even read, um, because of this, I went and read the first Fafford and Grey Mouser book this week, um, and the book's fine, maybe as I get into the further into the series, I'll like the books better, uh, excuse me, but the, the comic is just kind of like a greatest hits of the stories, and so it kind of skips some of the stuff that the book goes over and just gets to what you want to see and really, like, it's fucking Mike Mignola drawing two drunk assholes getting into trouble. Um, <laughs> it's basically everything you want. And then, like, in the first issue of it, the, they go into, like, a necromancer's... I guess in the second issue, they also hang out with a necromancer for a minute. Yeah, there's a lot of necromancers. <laughs> um, and so it, it gives you plenty of patented Mike Mignola shots of just, there's a skeleton hanging out, you know? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. There's just, like... Um, you know, there's just, like, creepy stuff hanging around in the corners, and you're like, oh, this is the guy who's gonna make Hellboy in, like, three years. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's fun seeing his art uh, then, because it, it didn't hit the Hellboy style yet, and you can see it move from that to the early Hellboy to the, the middle Hellboy. 
Yeah, it's, it's like it's identifiably Mike Mignola, but it still kind of looks like it's still like it's more Simonson than Mignola. Almost. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's more. There's more definition to all the people. Yeah. There's more definition. There's a little more like I'm trying to make it as an artist at the big two to it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that's another thing I I learned recently because I was I was doing a little reading up on like how he got from doing uh Faffer and Grey Master to uh this and apparently the part of the reason he asked John Byrne to script Seed of Destruction is because he's like well nobody knows who I am I'm just that guy who did the Faffer and Grey Mouser comic that no one read <laughs> which is pretty funny um it's very funny in retrospect to think about Mike Manola and that yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's just like and I think I think Chaikin makes a lot of good adaptation choices, especially you know comparing it against um, you know uh, Lieber's original books. I'm not I'm not complaining about Lieber's original books necessarily. I haven't really read enough of them, uh, but I I at least like how Chaikin does you know Ilmet and Lankmar a lot better than I like how it is in the original. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, good ass comics. Um, and it made Chicken me. Is very, yeah, you got. is very much one of those Frank Miller guys where you read the older stuff, you're like, "Hey, this is pretty good. What happened?" <laughs> oh, I did. I did have a thought uh, go through my head because apparently Chaikin worked on um, DC had Fafford and Greymaster comics for like it was like five issues or something, and I was like, you know, I could go backward and read more Howard Chaikin. I just can't really go forward from here, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, like. You go back and you get to like American Flag and um, oh, there's the one he does with uh, Garcia Lopez that's sick too. I gotta Twilight? read American Flag one of these days. There's like Twilight and American Flag and like some of the jazz stuff is cool. Like some of it, he did work for Heavy Metal too. But I believe there's a Tower Chaikin drawn thing written by oh, what's the what's the guy they talk about on Starboard Vineyard all the time? Delaney. Oh, yeah, 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 Delaney. Yeah, there's a Delaney written, shaken, drawn sci-fi story in an issue of Heavy Metal. Okay. Yeah, there's like, he did weird stuff like that, and then he became Howard Shaken. <laughs> and everyone said. <laughs> I did um, yesterday because I was looking for, I forget what I was looking for, but I was just on a torrent website, and I was like, oh shit, I can just download every English translated issue of Heavy Metal. Okay, let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, those are all out there, yeah. Um, oh, I was thinking about, um, I, I was thinking of reading the Incall, and then I discovered that, like, the Incall has been recolored in a lot of uh, more recent prints, so I'm like, okay, well let me see if I can just find this in the old magazine, just because I'm kind of curious. Um, yeah. Uh, I also had bonus episodes still of Shelby Genre. It's a it's a good one. I'm uh, extremely anti Jodorowsky. I think that guy's a fucking scumbag in a way that I have a trouble trouble stomaching. Oh yeah, I but, agree. But that bonus so did make me like eh, I'll give this book a shot. I'll give this Mobius <laughs> stuff a shot because that sounds kind of good. But yeah, I ooh I cannot stand that MF. <laughs> uh yeah, the Eternals. Um, Eternals. You're a, you're an eternal. <laughs> I'm an eternal Fastos. <laughs> <laughs> not appearing in this comic. Kind um, of. no, not even a little bit. Uh, okay. So broad strokes. Um, for people who don't know, Jack Kirby. If you're listening to this podcast, you know who Jack Kirby is. Okay, 
He leaves Marvel uh, after creating uh, all their big characters. He goes to DC and he creates the New Gods. He creates Commandy and Omac. And then he comes back to Marvel. He does um, the 2001 miniseries that we read last year. He does um, some really fucking good uh, Captain America comics when he comes back to Marvel. And then he does this, Eternals. It's 19 issues plus an annual. And it's kind of a weird mess. It is... I think I think a lot of people think of this as like the one of the last bits of the golden age of Kirby in some ways. Um, and I kind of love this book, despite the fact that it's a fucking mess. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it, too. And I th- but I think I also still I like the stuff that comes after this more like Captain Victory and Silver. Like two, the two Pacific comics are really interesting and cool and they're short because they didn't get taken nothing happened with them but this one <laughs> is like it's almost like his like third swing at the same stuff yeah and because like he does it in marvel with galactus and like thor and that kind of stuff and then he goes to dc and does it again and he comes back to marvel and does it again and the thing that i was thinking about that makes this one so weird as compared to you know when he's doing the stuff with fantastic four or thor Excuse me. Um, he's doing it in Thor, a book about Thor. Or if he's doing this mm-hmm. in DC, he's doing Mr. Miracle. This is the book about Mr. Miracle. You know, um, uh, New Gods. This is the book about Orion. You know, all, all the stories are going to kind of center on Orion. And this feels so different from a lot of Kirby stuff of this era because it is like, ongoing story arcs it is jumping back and forth between like a b and c plots um there's like a really large ensemble cast and like icarus will take over the story for like two issues and then just won't be in the next five you know um like it's also like um like my favorite issue this run is the annual like by far by far the annual and fucking that features rocks. three characters that are not in most of the other books. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's the other thing: is um, all the stories with the deviants are better than all the stories that don't have the deviants. That's the other thing about this book, <laughs> and maybe why I kind of lost interest in the last like four or five issues because the deviants stopped showing up, and uh, the deviants are just the best idea he has in this series uh, by a country mile. <laughs> Um, Which is also funny, get, considering the popular conception of the deviants these days. Yes, I. <laughs> so, if you watch the film Eternals, you might think that the deviants are like evil dogs, basically. Um, and for Kirby, it's like, what if I got fifty percent weirder with the mutants? It, it's kind of like he's taking another swing at X Men, but he's making them. He's making them more evil. He's making them look weirder. Um, and it kind of rocks. <laughs> um, to lay out, like, kind of the broad premise as the book is introduced in the first two issues. Um, so this is really heavily inspired by Chariot of the Gods, a really shitty anti-Semitic book. But we don't that's not really within the remit of this podcast right now, I don't think. Um, uh it's loosely inspired by Chariot of the Gods, and the idea is there were celestials that are these, like, space gods out in the cosmos somewhere, um, and they came to Earth, and they created Eternals, which are, like, 
demigods, you know, for lack of a better term, deviants, which are like evil fucked up guys and every one of them looks different, and then humans, which are supposed to be like the the perfect amalgamation of Eternals and Deviants in some ways. Um, and Eternals live forever. They've, uh, you know, been heroes to humanity throughout the centuries. You know, Icarus is, you know, this like Greek myth figure. There's Circe, there's Athena, there's... Uh, a guy who's Hercules. Um, that guy who's Hercules should have been in more of this comic because he's really cool for the like twelve pages he's in. It. <laughs> yeah, go go go! Watch the sweep. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's kind of the uh, okay. And so then, basically, um, the Celestials are returning to Earth to pass judgment on humanity, and it's like started up like. A contest for the soul of humanity between the Eternals and the Deviants, kind of. And they're kind of, like, at war, uh, and humans are just kind of bystanders for a lot of it, while the Celestials pass judgment. Um, there's a lot of stu- plot that gets set up that kind of takes a backseat because of this Jack Kirby comic, and you're not really here for plot in that sense. But uh, there's also a lot of plot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of plot. It's it's kind of like... like the middle part of this is, like, very plotty. Yeah, it's, like, it's weirdly similar to, like, a comic that could come out now, you know? That's just, uh-huh. like, yeah, like, the, the the Kirby stuff, you know, I'm such a huge Commandy and OMAC fan. Um, and those are all, like, one, two-issue stories at most. I think every, I think every story in OMAC is one issue. Um, you know, I think... The longest story of 2001, which we both absolutely loved, is like... Was two. Yeah, two. Because there's the the guy in, uh, like, the VR... Man, the guy in the fucking VR superhero <laughs> simulator. That's the good shit. <laughs> that guy's there's so some cool. some VR-looking-ass guys in this later <laughs> Yeah, they really are. Um, and yeah, I don't... I, I, like... I don't know how the to talk about, about this book in some ways because it is so plotty, you know. The thing about the, the thing about this book too is that like the one the, it, the standout issues are the single ones. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like there's the one there's the annual, and then there's the one where the Russians show. <laughs> <laughs> the Russians are coming. Because <laughs> there's a bit of that too. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um. I, uh, I, I guess, good. do we want to go issue by issue? Um, and like, I think it's also interesting that, um, so, like, there w- when, what year was Eternals 1? Um, I want to say 74 or 75, but let me double check real quick. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, that is the first time that all of these showed up. Like, the Celestials were not in Marvel Comics until this point. Oh, yeah, let's... Um, this is not in the Marvel Universe. This book, as Jack Kirby is writing it, is not in the Marvel Universe. And I know that this is now in the Marvel Universe, but the way that it is, uh, it's just not at this moment in time. It's just Well, there's a Hulk later. <laughs> there's a Hulk that people read about in Marvel Comics. Well, Marvel Comics are published in the Marvel Universe. Stan and Jack yeah, do yeah. regularly show up. Okay, you know what? Maybe this is the Marvel Universe. <laughs> The thing about this book too that it's weird is that um July like 76 this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff like it well this is true of all of Kirby's works eventually is that they they have such a bigger and wider history than they do when they start. Mhm. 
because everyone just like the celestials are everywhere. Yeah. Like I feel like the Eternals and the Deviants don't come back much, but the Celestials become kind of like foundational to how the Marvel cosmos works. That's kind of like how like the first the thing I know about this book before reading it was this page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> it's like the page of Arsham's and his thumb. Yeah, with the the equation to kill the world on it. <laughs> uh, I do love. I do love that. Uh, I I think this book kind of gets. Um, an undeserved reputation of just being there's a lot of new gods in this but i don't think it's just doing new gods but also rshm does have an equation that'll de- destroy all life on earth <laughs> yeah uh also the celestials were like my first exposure to marvel like curb like when you first get into like marvel comics you don't think about everything as being jack kirby necessarily because it doesn't look like kirby but Mm-hmm. When you first see a Celestial in a Marvel comic, you kind of can't ignore the fact that it looks like Jack. Like, it doesn't, yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing I remember of the Celestials is this page from Earth X. And it, it's the one that sticks with me forever because it's John Paul Leon doing it. And it oh is. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's this from, yeah. did you say? Earth X. Okay, okay. It's the Marvel Kingdom com that they said, like, what if we take all the Marvel stuff that Kirby did and make it into one coherent plot? Okay, but not it, not the way that Marvels is Marvel Kingdom come. <laughs> no, this is like this is like what if the whole thing made sense and is one contingent world? Okay, and there's a reason for everything. Um, yeah, there's like a thing in this book too, uh, where you know there's a lot of like Kirby nonsense happening all the time, but every time you see a celestial standing 2000 feet tall, it is still awe inspiring, you know, like it's great. You just like, they rock, (laughs) they rock. Um, you just cannot get away from Galactus is cool. These guys are fucking cool. (laughs) If you ever want to read that, we could, cause it's fun. It's like 13 issues. Okay, sure. Yeah. But the thing about it is that it's funny is that, um, so John Paul only does the first series and then, it does well, and they decide to keep going, and he doesn't keep doing it, but they keep getting more and more into the lore as it goes on. Oh. It gets real goofy by the end. <laughs> I just pulled up the Wikipedia page for this, and I do love that this is now a thing that has to be on like so many Wikipedia pages. The Earth-X inca- incarnation of Spider-Man made a cinematic debut in the 2023 feature film Spider-Man Across oh, the Spider-Verse. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm that's sure there's... A background shot of this guy, you know. Oh yeah, because it well, because it, it was a it was an um someone I think it was Wizard asked Alex Ross to do like what would uh, Kingdom Come look like if, for the Marvel characters? So he drew a sketchbook of all these heroes. Oh sure, sure. And he did the covers too, which is how yeah yeah uh, it gets really goofy. Anyways, back to the Eternals. Back to the Eternals. Um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we start with. Uh, a car is undercover and some humans. Um, it's so funny that he starts this as like Donald Blake and then just immediately ditches that for the rest of this. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like, okay, done with that. Um, but more it, importantly, we get Crow. Yeah, Crow, king of kings. I fucking <laughs> love Crow. His first panel is... Him wearing sunglasses and telling somebody, don't leave yet, dog. <laughs> yeah, and they, f- they, f- they fire a net gun at him and expect that to work. 
um yeah i love these guys icarus and um the guy with the beard uh whose name i forget doesn't matter uh and margo um are on an archaeology expedition and they go to uh ancient inca ruins where they discover a bunch of celestial stuff and icarus is like all right i know all about these celestials i was just using you to get here let me explain the cosmos to you oh Um, also um I think that's important is um, the, the deviants were the first thing they made. Oh, yeah. Because they made the Eternals to like rein them in after they went berserk because they got made by gods. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, the, they're the good ones that fight back. <laughs> um, there's, there's like a bit... Uh, this is the most chariot of the gods aspect to it, where like the deviants have conquered Earth, and yeah, there's like um, cavemen and Eternals fighting back, and that feels like the that feels like the direct line from that book to yeah. here, you know. Well, their their kingdom is the the one that Atlantis is on, right? Yeah, Lemuria. I think. Lemuria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man. They're, not, they're not being subtle about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crow is so fucking sick. I'm just scrolling through this. I forgot he gets sunglasses all through this first issue because he does not wear the sunglasses for the rest of the series. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> and yeah, we got some. And then the thing that happens that doesn't happen a lot is like they start working together because the thing that is approaching them is too massive for them all to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Like C- Crow basically. Um, he's like, he's not the leader of the Deviants, which makes him kind of interesting, um, but he's trying his best to lead the Deviants into, like, this new era, um, and all the other Deviants are just like, no, we like killing people, <laughs> and he kind of likes killing people, too, but, like, I don't know, he's more complex as far as Kirby characters go. <laughs> There's also, like, Noah's Ark in this issue. Yeah, Icarus, uh, (laughs) Icarus just casually drops. Yeah, and then after the the Deviant Empire fell, uh, the world flooded, and I got everybody on a boat, and then I flew out, and all the the humans thought I was a bird. It's so funny, all the times that, like, they're like, oh, yeah, you humans just don't know how to pronounce fucking anything. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Icarus. And yeah, the, him saying the humans thought I was a bird flying off of the ark. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and then they uh, wake up his friend. Yeah. Um. Oh, I don't actually know. Like, so that that film, who's in that? Like, of these characters. Um. So Kingo is in it. Kingo does not appear in this comic. Yeah, he does. <laughs> well, for for one panel as Toshiro Mifune. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> uh, let me let me remind myself. I know Icarus is in it because he says I'm I'm an yeah. eternal Fastos. Uh, Mikari. Yeah, Mikari's in it. Um, who? I'm just pulling up the cast here. Uh, Cersei. Um, yeah. Icarus, Kingo, Sprite. I forgot Sprite. This Jimmy Olsen Loki motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, saves the world. Fastos, Makari, Druig. I forgot Druig. Uh, Gilgamesh, uh, uh, Ajak, and Thena. Um, yeah, sure. But none of them, none of them are recognizable as the characters no. in this comic. Just straight up. Um, Fastos is not from this comic, is he? I don't 
remember seeing Fastos. So. Um, it is funny that like the Eternals are way more. Um, I guess because I guess that makes sense because they're like immortal beings that they're way more lackadaisical than all of Kirby's other characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, especially like in the last couple issues of this series, Cersei is just kind of a sociopath because she's just like, ah, oh, whatever. I have a pet human now. Whatever. She's just she kind of dances sh- and sings throughout the comic and then leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like the, in this one where they're flying. So um, the Celestials show up mm. and Ajax and uh, the the old guy decided to stay there and like document everything. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer because Ajax doesn't get anything else to do despite being my favorite design of any of the Eternals. No, he just sits on a, a computer the whole time. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it leaves um Icarus and Marion to leave. And he's like, just like flying around her plane, just having fun. Yeah. It's almost well, like she's the... terrified. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, um, the fucking, the first issue of Astro City, where the guy's dreaming about flying, uh, except it's horrifying, because he's like, yeah. flying is so lit, I'm just gonna fly this plane with my brain, and she's like, please help me get away from this man. And and then he dives out of the plane while she's sitting there going, what's going on? Uh, yeah, the, the Eternals have the power to manipulate atoms, which kind of just means they get to do whatever they want, whenever they want. Yeah, one of them goes. One of them runs fast. One of them flies good. Uh, yeah. You know, superhero stuff. Superhero <laughs> stuff. Don't worry about it. Uh, it is. It is lightly alarming how much Margot does not want to be here throughout this entire comic. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they get to New York. Then they go to fucking New York. This is the part where I was like, "There's no way this is happening in the Marvel universe," because. No one shows up. <laughs> no one shows up. And Crow's plan. Oh, also, importantly, um, this is where the, the inking changes. Because I believe the first two are... Oh, no, the, the first the first two are um, not Royer doing it. Okay. And then Royer comes on. Yeah, the first two are... Uh, the first three? Yeah. Are, the f- oh, the first four are John uh, Verpoten. Yeah. And then Royer comes on, and Royer is notably the team that did Kamandi with yeah. Kirby. And it looks like a Kirby. It looks like that when he shows up, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um uh I'm not always a person who notices like inks and, and stuff. Uh and then if you read if you read enough Kirby comics, you start to know, understand the importance of good inking, you know? Yeah. Um <clears throat> so <laughs> Crow's plan here. Mm-hmm. Is that he because he can change his appearance, so he makes himself look like the devil, and he's uh-huh. gonna go him and a bunch of parademons basically go and unleash war on New York because their idea is that if they can convince the humans that the devil has come to Earth, they shouldn't trust the gods. The humans will declare war on the Celestials and get the whole shit blown up. That's the idea yeah, here. <laughs> it's a sick plan. I think that Jack Kirby just wanted to draw Alien Satan a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and needed to come up with a reason for Crow to be Alien Satan. And the reason is so delightfully stupid. And it also has one of like the classics of Kirby comics, which is this exact uh, double page spread of a guy looking at you as someone else blows something out of the machine with a rocket launcher. Yes. <laughs> 
guy pointing as someone else has a flamethrower. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, and yeah, then they run into Cersei, who is um, the Cersei from all those stories that they read on long, around the long fire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, she's just like in her apartment dancing and she's like, oh, Icarus, you brought me a human. Awesome. Uh, and she's like, human, I'll protect you. And Margo's like, I, I, I guess if you say so. <laughs> you know? like, Margo does and, not really want to be here. <laughs> yeah. And then Icarus immediately gets like chumped by some guys and thrown into a capsule. And yes. under the sea. <laughs> yeah. Gets chumped, thrown into the ocean. It doesn't appear for like two issues, I think. <laughs> Yeah, because we, get, we have to get an... Ajax oh, is literally ahead. like, I'm gonna let him cook down there. I'm gonna let him be in that <laughs> fucking capsule. Get him later, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Which leads us to more characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so so we get uh Makari and uh Thena. Mm-hmm. Thena is my favorite. Um Yeah, see she's the best. Uh, well, okay. My actual favorite is Carcass and the Reject, uh, but we'll we'll get to them in just a minute. Um, yeah, Thena rocks because um, her and Crow have been fucking through the millennia, basically. <laughs> yeah, and they don't hide it very well. <laughs> no, and everybody is like, "This is every time that you hook up with him again, things go bad for us." And she's like, "It'll be fine this time." <laughs> also, we, hold on a second. Um, we gotta we gotta go back just a slight second. Or yeah. no, it's the same issue. Yeah. Um, is is Zerus doing human sized Rock'em Sock'em robots here? Yes, they are doing. They are doing uh, VR human sized Rock'em Sock'em robots. I'm really glad you caught this because I I thought yesterday we have to make sure we talk about this on the pod, and I'm really glad that you reminded me. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. the controllers are color coded red and blue. Uh, the controllers are color coded. And also, um, <laughs> I love it's it's years before like Street Fighter 2 will come out, but it's already uh, scrub quotes is here because, oh, I would have won if I wasn't distracted by the telephone ringing. <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we got this page of Zerus's. <laughs> Zerus. I love this. This page is so fucking funny. <laughs> There's like a there's like a trick that Kirby pulls in a lot of comics, but he spent he pulls like four times in um, the Eternals, where it's like a guy is introduced and you'll only see his hand at first because they want to build up to like the reveal. Uh, but the splash page of Zerus is just a big red lion man is so good. <laughs> is Zerus supposed to be Zeus? I think so because he shoots lightning or- bolts. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, when, because I know Thor was, like, with Kirby, but when did they put the, like, Hercules the Marvel character in? Um, I don't know. I could think of a really early cover of uh, Marvel Hercules fighting Thor. Uh, uh, no, it's it's 65, yeah. So, there are okay. Hercules and Zeus are already in the Marvel. So, I'm back on your side. This is not, <laughs> not Marvel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because why do you have fake Hercules and Zeus if you have Hercules and Zeus next door? Um, I think in one of the afterwards to this, it mentions that, um, and I think this is stuff I knew, but I never really thought about how important it was until reading this, that at this point, like, Marvel and DC are obviously uh, in Manhattan. Kirby has moved to California. He is chilling 
on his in his house, and he's just mailing uh, pages across the country, and no one can tell him shit. <laughs> um, which is maybe why all his series get canceled after like ten issues. But you know, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Hercules. Yeah, weird. Um, but yeah, uh, we get Makari and Cena doing like a fly around, throw spears. Yeah, uh, Thena doesn't believe at first that the Deviants are back, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then Macari... also about where the point where the U.S. military gets involved, too. Yes. <laughs> which means that we're almost to the part where the Russians get involved, which is really what we want. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Um. Oh, no, this is the word that the, where Cersei meets... Uh, professor of Anthropology Samuel Holden, who she will have <laughs> obsession over the whole comic. Yes, yes. Who is just a random guy with glasses. Yes, and a suit. And the most ridiculous suit in the fucking world. So he decides, in his infinite wisdom, to hold a, 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 like a public trial of the history of the world. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is... I think at the next issue after the trial, there's also, he just shows Icarus, I had busts of everybody made. <laughs> oh, and Cersei turns one of the people that are naysaying the trial into Ben Grimm. Yes, yes. And it's <laughs> ambiguous because, like like I say, later it's mentioned that Hulk is a Marvel Comics character, but... Ben Grimm is a guy that seemingly is just on TV. I don't understand if this is in the Marvel Universe or not. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But I would it love to eventually. know. <laughs> Actually, we, we, before we get to the Russians, we get my favorite subplot of the three CIA guys who are on a mission to sneak into the celestial base. <laughs> well, specifically, they're S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Same thing. But yeah, these... Uh, and, and they get turned into, like, Celestial goop by one of the steals and then like dropped off inside and like here here's your here's your guys. These shield guys try to attack the celestial. The celestial turns them into goop. Ajax is like, alright, I'll make these goop into guys again. And then <laughs> they're like, we're gonna do it again. And one of them has an atomic bomb in his pocket that he throws at the celestial. <laughs> After, like, having, like, a few punching fight, like, they're, like, the most Nick Fury knockoff guys in the world. He, great. he decks Ajax. And also, I think Ajax is like, what is your name? And he says, Steven, or Stevenson. And he's like, well, what's your full name? And he's like, I ain't fucking telling you. Yeah, yeah. They're all like, <laughs> the, best, the best bit is, so they throw the bomb at Such as like, nah, that doesn't do anything. And they're like, okay, we're leaving. And then there's a panel on the top right here. The one of the, the guy on the right is... <laughs> Oh yeah, God! <laughs> There's a blonde guy hip. with them who just says like he's like the Johnny Storm, Archie Andrews motherfucker of the yes. group who just says like catchphrases. Yes, I'm hip. <laughs> and then they get turned back into goop with Celestial. Yeah, they get turned back into goop, and Ajax does not help them a second time. <laughs> no. uh, and then we get the most important part. Uh. What is this? Um, I'm scrolling a little this bit. Is, this is in the arena with... Uh, yes. Okay. Crow and Thena. Yeah. Okay. So this Crow is... takes Thena on a date to his home. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> and while they're on the date, they drive by uh, a van that is taking much people to be blown up because they're deviants. <laughs> <They're... laughs> he's like, 
why you ruin my my game like this? Come on, guys. He's he's like, oh yeah, those are our wagons that take everybody to the gas chamber. Don't worry about yeah. it. And he's like trying to gas wagons. Don't worry about it. He, and like. Kirby's so fucking funny because nobody loves the word holocaust like Jack Kirby does. <laughs> and he's like, they're the these deviants are too ugly, and so they're being taken to the death chamber. It's incredibly loaded imagery, but it's just tossed off as yeah, like he's mostly mad because they're ruining his date. <laughs> <laughs> and Thena's like, I'm never fucking you again. And you know she's not gonna hold true to that. You know, <laughs> You know she's fucking lying. <laughs> the, the the designs in the van are pretty sweet too. Yeah, these this is the moment that I'm like, is the are the deviants supposed to be like mutants? Are they supposed to be like X Men? And like, it's this is the closest they get, you know. And we get introduced here to reject too, which if you are <laughs> if you know the the score and can guess, reject is a deviant who looks like a guy. Yes, uh, reject. Fucking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Him, it. him, and Crow and Carcass, his buddy, who we'll get introduced to in a minute, uh, are my three absolute favorite characters from this season or from this series. Because Reject, he's the deviant that looks like a guy, so they're experimenting on him to try and see if they can all start looking like guys. Uh, but mostly, they've just turned him into a wanton killing machine, and any. Basically, any situation he gets into, he just starts swinging. <laughs> uh, Reject's so cool. <laughs> no, so I found the panel that, that kills me. Uh, it's the one, it's actually in that page. It's the one on the top left there, because you can see Crow in the middle going, Glass, I'm undone, as the <laughs> yes. death wagon drives by ruining his state. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the little frown he does when he says, blast, I'm undone. It's like, oh, the death wagon. <laughs> ah, shit, I forgot it was and Tuesday, then he decides, we got the death wagon. It's on Tuesday. He decides, decides to make up for this by taking her to the death arena. Yeah, she didn't like the death wagon, so I'll bring her to the to the Coliseum. Um, we should probably talk about the other people who are, like, Toad, who's the other one who has a name. Yeah, Toad is like the king of the deviants. Um, he's a cool design, but he doesn't get a lot to do, you know. No, he's just a big frog guy. Just a big frog guy. Um, uh, and basically, like, uh, Theta has an audience with Toad, and she's like, "You guys suck. The deviants suck. I hate being here. I don't know why Crow brought me here." And Toad's like, "Well, you're here. Fuck you." <laughs> and then um, she meets Reject, who she's like. <laughs> So quickly, it's like we gotta save that one. Yeah, it's hot. She she immediately <laughs> is down to clown with reject. Um, and it, the best part is when he gets to the Olympia later, and everyone yes. is like, "Oh my god!" And they're all drawn as like Jack Kirby old women, so they all kind of look like Granny Goodness a little bit, and they're just climbing <laughs> all over reject. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, they have a fight in the arena. Yeah, they bring out Carcass, who's this gigantic red guy, and then the cover of the next issue is he can't be controlled, he can't be stopped, he's the killing machine, and you think it's talking about Carcass, but then you read, Carcass is chillin', Carcass does not want to be fighting, uh, it's Reject, who's the fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, there's also the issue where we get introduced to Sprite, who is the uh, idiot child of the group. 
J- Jimmy Olsen Loki. <laughs> yeah, he, he just makes weird demons that fly around. Yeah. <laughs> a bigger uh, fish, one might say. <laughs> like, Icarus spends a lot of this, like, just chasing uh, Sprite around. because, like, I'm just fucking sick of your shit, Sprite. I'm tired. <laughs> and then we get uh, a look around the world of the Celestials, where they've landed. And one of them is a giant p- photo in a Russian base where they're like, this is not a false. It's not a fake. <laughs> None of... <laughs> None of the Russian Which, guys get names. It's just Comrade General, Comrade uh, something something. You know, it's all just they, Comrade they names, title. They get names later, but yeah, these yeah. ones are just like they're. It makes me question, like, how did you make that giant picture of it? What's going on here, guys? <laughs> um, I also love this because um, you get the next panel over is Australia. Where I guess everybody rides horses and thinks <laughs> someone calls it a dingo UFO. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. And then, what's, oh yeah, and it's uh, Swiss Alps, yeah, yeah. And then it's a. Uh, Some people on a is beach. San Francisco? I, probably. Is that, something like that, yeah. Um. I love uh, I love that Kirby never explains what the fourth host is supposed to be, by the way. <laughs> he kind of does, actually. Oh, does it? And I just missed it, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So the first host was the one that made the Deviants, and the second host came back when the Deviants were, like, taking over everything and blew them up. Okay. Like Atlantis, that kind of stuff. And then the third one, I don't remember if they... They don't go to that, but the fourth one's this one. That's all okay. it means. Okay. Okay. So the fourth time they've been here. That makes sense. Yeah. Um... um and then they keep fighting the arena a lot. But then the thing that happens is the Celestial's like, but I can't see in this city, but I have to map the whole Earth, so I gotta go put my hand inside <laughs> right. to, to feel forgot. around. I forgot about the shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Celestial can't get through their, like, shield, whatever their barrier is, so it has to put its hand into their city and it just breaks everything without realizing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> While they're fighting. Um, yeah, because I, I for some reason I thought that it was just that the Celestials had beef with the Deviants, but you're absolutely no. right. that It's just the Celestials like, well, I gotta map the city somehow. <laughs> yeah. The giant, uh, where is it? Uh, and send out what they absorb throughout, yeah, so just it learns yeah. of Lemuria by, like, looking at it with his hand, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and everyone's like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> The Celestials, it's they're really interesting because they're, like, really cold and unfeeling in a way that, like, even Galactus isn't. Like, Galactus is, like, mm-hmm. Galactus can be petty and mean, um, and he wants things, and the Celestials are just kind of, like, dudes in helmets. We don't know fucking anything about them, you know? Um, which brings makes their presence in here so weird and otherworldly in a good way. The end of the, the, end of the of issue 10, actually... Almost got me because I thought Crow was dead and he's not, thankfully. I know. I'm so glad he doesn't die here. Because <laughs> he just, he just in a, a cavern calling out to Athena as she leads with her new wards, Krakus <laughs> and Reject. I, the bit in the annual where she says, you're both my wards, that means you're basically brothers now. It's <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> but first, the Russians are coming. First, the Russians are coming. <laughs> But what that means is that, um, so that there can be no eternal evolve, involvement in this next issue, uh, Zerus has called everyone to perform the ritual of the Unimine, which we'll get to later. Yeah. 
Which, which then we cut to. Well, first we meet Kingo, who is uh, <laughs> has a lot of fun being a samurai in movies. Yeah, he was just hanging out in 16th century Japan and really enjoyed it. And now movies have come around, and so he's like, "Oh, I'll just be Toshiro Mifune." <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that's who he's supposed to be. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. Because <laughs> Marion's like, hey, I know that guy. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I've seen him in movies. <laughs> and then we cut to Russia. Yeah. Where they they got a bigger portrait of the Celestial. They, they printed a bigger photo. <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh, there's two guys. There's a general who's like wants to blow it up and a general who wants to talk to it. And they go back and forth a lot, and the guy who wants to blow it up wins, and then everyone else leaves, and it turns out they're all Eternals who have been trying to keep nuclear war from happening for, like, decades. <laughs> the Russian government has been infiltrated by Eternals. It's so yep. fucking silly. And one of them is Droog, who we'll get to a lot later, mm-hmm. who, like, is a KGB guy, which <laughs> is a cool way to tie those together, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, um, they're the Polar Eternals, which is our Acarius's family, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Also, and one of them all... has a Batman logo on his chest. That doesn't come yeah. up, but uh, I do keep noticing it. <laughs> they're all described as like more like direct and violent of the Eternals. Yeah, they're kind of like outcasts from uh, Eternal Society, and so when they land in Olympia, they immediately get jumped by four <laughs> dudes all wearing the same outfit. <laughs> The, Which, the Fathoms, the Def- Delphin brothers. Um, <laughs> Why would you ever wear this? Oh. They're the Delphin brothers. They all wear the same outfit and they jump polar yeah. turtles when they see them. That's their thing. <laughs> and um. with the polar turtles gone, the Russians decide to nuke the Celestial. Mm-hmm. And the way this resolves is really great. It's, before we get there, real quick, I do love the part where Icarus is like, I'm going to break up this fight, and just immediately gets into the fight. <laughs> and gets completely clobbered. Yes. Like, the bottom of this page is just, Icarus is, like, also being jumped by two of the brothers at this point. There's fists <laughs> everywhere. It's such a good And Droog's like, I don't want to fight these idiots. What am I doing? <laughs> Which is your first clue that he might be the evil one. <laughs> but yeah, so they decide to nuke the Celestial. The Celestial, it looks like, points the nuke back at the guys who launched it. But actually what the Celestial did was gave them all heart attacks at the same time, and in their dying moments gave them the illusion that they were having a nuke launched back at them. I think it's the opposite. Like The illusion is what gave them the heart attacks. Oh, you're right. They all... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're dying because oh. they're scared. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. In reality, the missile never left its silo. <laughs> yeah. Death is upon them. Relentless, unstoppable death. <laughs> this is such a good fucking resolution of Celestial tricks them all into instantly having heart attacks because they think they're <laughs> going to be nuked. Um, that's the end of volume one. That's the end of volume Ooh. one. I want to note here real quick, because we were talking about it before we started recording, and this makes me so fucking insane. There's an afterword to this volume where they're, like, giving a, some backstory on this book and what the Eternals have been up to since Kirby left the title in 78. Um, 
None of these series featuring these uh, entities have proven to be successful, a track record likely to change with 2006's miniseries from Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. When the announcement was made, Gaiman said, what drew me to it was not the God side of things, etc., etc. It was kind of the opportunity to create a mythology. In 1602, I recreated everything that had happened because they'd got it right. The Eternals still had that amazing Kirby outpouring of ideas, and there were some amazing things, but he didn't get it right. It's sort of weird and lumpy. Fuck you, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I fucking hate this also, shit. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a miniseries and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gaiman doesn't, like, stick on projects like... <laughs> no, <laughs> he's... <laughs> Gaiman has, like, lots of things to do, and John Romita Jr. is great, but he's not going to, like, start making the Eternals sell well, you know? Yeah. This is not one of those things that's, like, primed to go big the same way that everything else... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just fine that this is, like, a weird, unpopular book. Marvel needs to stop making this happen, try to happen, you know? It's just, this book is fine being the thing that it is. And then we go to the Unimind. This is so fucking sick, and I also don't understand why any of it happens, really. I know that they get into the Unimind, they go up into space, some stuff happens at some point. (laughs) So I believe it is that they want the perspective that they all would have together, so they all merged into one to get that perspective. Right, okay, okay. And because I I do remember the line that's like they have to free themselves from Earth's gravity yeah. and magnetic poles to truly commune with one another. They're like new types. Yeah, <laughs> merging their minds to to see what must. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, while it's happening, Ajax has a weird wrestling fight with the Doctor and some guy that jumps out of a wall at him. Yeah, the the doctor is like, oh, I'm trapped in this fucking pyramid for the next 50 years. Oh, I'm so lonely. And then Ajax is like, well, I could wrestle a guy for you. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, literally, I'm so fucking bored. And he's like, what if I just wrestle this guy? What? And then we got this over the wall and he wrestles him. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they all form into this weird, it's not the star child from 2001 but it is like a weird head thing that just flies into space yeah <laughs> and um, then because everyone's gone we can cut to the annual where all the cool shit happens yes yes this is so fucking good because it's like two one-parters in one book basically you know <laughs> yeah so the annual is athena caracas and reject are tasked to go hunt down zaka who is a renegade eternal who stole this camera. Like, it was basically a movie camera that can take people out of history and put them into the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they have to go fight Jack the Ripper, Attila the Hun, and some other guy. I love it, I love it the bit where um, Thena is telling, uh, or Zaris or is telling all of them that they need to go do this, and Carcass and Reject are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're sending us out to assassinate Zaka. And Zaris is like, no, I'm not sending you out to assassinate anybody. I'm sending you out to stop this guy. Please don't murder people. <laughs> well, he uh, says, he says, uh, you two shall carry out this task in a manner which your own nature dictates. Reject, he's down to, he's down for murder. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, that's all he's done his whole life. That's all he knows. Um, Carcass... And also, the best part about this is that 
because they want to be a bit incognito here, they all have to wear new clothes. Yes, they all have to wear new clothes. And Thena just makes Carcass look like a gigantic red guy, which rocks. <laughs> oh, these outfits are so sick. I love them so fucking much. Um, uh, and just like... Gotta hate it. <laughs> Mafia motherfuckers. <laughs> they look like mafia motherfuckers. Thena leaves them downstairs for like one minute, and Reject immediately puts a bellhop into a stranglehold. <laughs> Just like this bellhop is like, oh, can I help you with your bags? And Reject is like, let me grab a motherfucker. <laughs> and then he saves the lady from the Jack the Ripper. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I love, he saves a lady from Jack the Ripper, and then he immediately, he is ready to stab Jack the Ripper in the face. Like, the only reason he doesn't do that is because Jack the Ripper goes back to, you know, ye old London town. But, like, other if he hadn't disappeared, he would have fucking killed him. <laughs> um, and, and then, then Attila the Hunt shows up. Attila the Hunt shows up. Also, the cops show up and they're like, oh, thanks for helping out that lady. No one's bothered by the fact that Reject is, like, a killer. <laughs> you know? Uh, the the really sweet bit about the Attila the Hunt bit is it's, um, so it's it's this page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think the fight's gonna go one way, and then the very next panel is one of the coolest things I've seen oh for an action sequence. It's where so Krakus good. just grabs both of them and drags them along the walls. Yeah. And and it's this is like oh. the thing the thing that like kind of doesn't work for me about this series sometimes is the characters don't feel as well realized. You know, there's no like there's no Ben Grimm who's just like a guy I can root for. Um and like this kind of feels like the closest it gets to that because Carcass is chilling in the hotel room and a little kid and the mom show up and the little kid is like, oh, you're a cool big guy. Tell me stories. Um, Ed Carcass is just like chilling, talking to this kid, hanging out with the mom. And then uh, he tries to protect them. But she's just like this giant scary man is kidnapping me and my child. And then goes out in the hallway and beats the tar out of some dudes. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, drags them across the walls. It's one of the coolest fucking drawings Kirby's ever fucking done. Uh, throws them out the windows, and the uh, the mother is like, oh my god, there's a giant monster, let's run away. It's so sad. Yeah, and then he gets shot by... He gets shot? Nice. Oh, um, this splash page of everybody running away is him like, wait, wait, you needn't fear me, I am not here to cause you harm. I have come to prevent the very <laughs> plague of visitations which threaten your city. I love him so much. Why does he yeah, talk like great. that? I love it. <laughs> And then the last one they pull from is a guy from the arena. Oh, who also right. has a weird Batman thing on his chest. Yeah, he also has a weird Batman thing on his chest. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, this guy lifts up a, an actual like whole apartment. <laughs> yes. The, so basically, there's like the Zaka story, and then Zaka like he uses his camera and accidentally summons the guy into his own apartment rather than across the across town. Uh, and instantly gets murdered for it, and then it feels like the start of the next issue, almost, even though it's all in the annual, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's an oversized annual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, you get the, the cool thing again of, like, you just see this guy's hand a couple times, and then big splash page of, like, 
he looks like a Mignola character almost because he's got like the jagged uh-huh. teeth and the like sharp nose. Uh, and he's fucking big. This dude's massive. And he, and he kicks the shit out of them. <laughs> he kicks the shit out of him and then he runs away because he's trying to figure out where he's at. Uh, and Thena is like, all right, I got to get you guys in your fighting clothes. Uh, I, lo- <laughs> I love this bit. <laughs> The Reaper is ever-present in the arena. Should he beckon me, I shall go to him in proper attire. Thank you, Lady Athena. Um, Though I be as the wasp to a giant who walks the earth, my wit and speed and deadly sting shall magnify in power when the furies course in my blood. Reject is so cool, dude. <laughs> I yeah. love Reject. And I love how the battle outfit, he has his battle outfit, and then Caracas is just like a guy in a f- rolled-up sleeved white yeah. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he still looks like a mafia guy. <laughs> and the thing that's happening with all these guys is uh, they're only able to exist in this time for a certain amount of time. So he drops the building on himself, basically, when he runs out of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they're, they're accusing of tricking them to not get their fight in. <laughs> yeah, and they're, like, like kind I'm of pissed off life. about it. They're like, we were <laughs> going to have a fight with this guy. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, and then we get uh, the other issue where everyone's in the Unimide, mm-hmm. which is uh, Crow and Coven making a bomb in the background, and it's a giant Kirby-ass bomb. I forgot about this shit. I forgot, yeah. I read this shit an hour ago, and I already forgot. Right, this is the bit where, where Sprite uh, goes and gets the Hercules dude. Okay. So, yeah. what happens here? is the Deviants decided to make a giant kamikaze bomb to send some guys out at. Mm. At the same time, there's a USA, there's a NASA plane going up. That's just like doing some surveys. Just like, oh, we're out here collecting Yeah, they're just there. And then the same time, uh, Sprite's like, oh, shit, everyone's in the Unimine except for me because I'm an idiot and didn't go in. How Mm -hmm. do I solve this problem? And he's like, well, there's this guy that we locked up because he was helping people too much. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> questions <laughs> so many questions <laughs> he's like oh yeah Zerus told him not to do anything anymore because he was helping humans too much like wait uh back up <laughs> all of you are helping humans all the time what do you mean <laughs> and it turns out this is the uh unknown immortal also known as gilgamesh also known as hercules also known as etc 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 yeah <laughs> Uh, and he gets the sickest fucking silver surfer armor in the universe. <laughs> yeah. And he basically does the Metal Gear Solid 4, like, walk through the, <laughs> the hallway of fire. He really does. <laughs> and his final move is to, he moves the Deviants into the NASA plane, the and NASA astronauts into the Deviant spaceship, and then or his spaceship, and then he flies the Deviant bomb and blows it up in space. Yes. And because the Deviants don't know how to fly the plane, they just crash into the ocean and die. (laughs) And then the Celestial takes him in and is just like, I'll heal you, bro. Don't worry about it. I got you. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to hang out for a bit. We'll we'll come back later. Yeah. Um, And like, this is all like, this is the kind of stuff that you can see where someone reading this is like, I'm going to write my Marvel Comics in the future and put this guy back in it is like the easiest thing in the world because like, it's just like one issue evocative story about a guy who like, Rolls himself up and then is like saved by Celestial. Yeah, and then it gets followed up by like I think the oh, weakest yeah. story, which is, yeah, it unfortunately definitely. goes like three issues almost. It's like two and a half issues of Icarus fighting 
not the <laughs> Hulk. So but... <laughs> uh, we opened the issue on a bunch of kids in a science room who made a robot Hulk. Yes, because to, to be their mascot for their cheerleading or their football game. Their football team, everybody on it just loves the Hulk. And so they're like, oh, we thought everybody would win if we built them a Hulk. And so we built them a Hulk. And the professor is like, I did not what? authorize you to be making a Hulk in the lab. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so then they're like, you're going to take it apart tomorrow. I was like, okay, fine. And overnight, it gets bathed with cosmic rays when the Unimind comes back and turns into the cosmic Hulk. <laughs> Um, and they just have a punch out fight in the middle of the city for two issues yeah and there's like some really good like icarus fighting this guy like the punches are cool but like the story is just kind of yep they they fight the hulk a lot (laughs) and then it's kind of funny because like to add to that the way it ends is zero shows up puts his hand on the hulk and just knocks his cosmic energy out of him yeah it's like if you if you read too quick, you almost miss that. Oh, the Hulk's dealt with now because it's like one panel and then it's just over. You know. And then they find a weird guy in a sewer. <laughs> they find a weird guy in a sewer. I forgot about the sewer weird guy. Once again, I read this like an hour ago. There's just so much happening in these last couple of issues. Yeah, like this is also like where you start getting hints that uh, so Drug mm-hmm. was working in the Russian military as part of their like clandestine torture brigade guys. Yeah. And everyone thinks that, Hey, are you sure you're not getting like too evil with all the torture? You're doing? He's like, nah, I'm fine. I'm chilling. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to go find this weapon. Uh, what weapon? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Cause there's mummy. Um, it's not quite mummy dark side. Who was it? I was, this reminded me of, it's like it's like Mummy oh, Doomsday almost. Yeah, there's a weird kind of resemblance to some things. Yeah, um, Dramadon who convinces Makari and Icarus to start fighting each other, and only Zerus is able to uh, stop him. Basically, um, yeah, which they just blast him into a million pieces. Actually, yeah. Um, uh, and we have the last bit, which is Drug wants to find this gun that blew up a Celestial a long time ago to, mm-hmm. to blow up more Celestials with. And apparently Icarus knows where it is or or holds the key to where it is. Yeah. So he kidnaps Icarus to torture him to find out what it is from all his torturing things he's been doing. Yeah. With like weird mind aliens. This And it leads to the fact that it's on a pyramid it's in a pyramid that's somewhere. There's like some cool illustrations in this story. This yeah, is like eighteen and nineteen. Uh, you know, the the title page to kill a space god just looks sick, but like the story itself, I'm just like did not click for me at all. No. Like the the page probably opens it with him looking at the special being shot by this gun is sick. Yeah, this is fucking rad. But like everything that happens here is like it, it's it's very clear that like this is like it's not even like a rat it's almost like not even a it's like you could tell that the plug was pulled. Yeah, like uh, at the end of issue 18, there's just like Kirby just being like, yep, next one's the last issue. Shrug, you know. <laughs> um, I want to have fun with like these weird questions that no one has real answers to because we can't. Blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of just like, yeah, I enjoy writing fantasy and science fiction because I enjoy entertaining you and thinking about the mysteries of the universe. And I'm like, yeah, you go, Jack Kirby. Yeah. Um, 
And he still he puts the I, I don't know what the point of putting like the letters address is to the thing that's gonna be canceled in an issue. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Uh, send your letters to this book that will be canceled. Uh, yeah. They will not be printed, but send them. <laughs> yeah, I'll read them, I guess. <laughs> they are going to California, so they are going to like a, an address that like Kirby is picking up, not Marvel Comics, you know. <laughs> um, good for him. I I yeah. <laughs> I love Jack Kirby. I love his silly comics. Um. It's a it's a bummer that this kind of ends poorly, but it's fine because we got to read that annual. Um, that annual is genuinely one of the best <laughs> issues of comics ever. <laughs> I fucking love that annual so much. It's really good. And Crow and <laughs> that panel of Crow just being like, "God damn it, my my scene's ruined." <laughs> Man, <laughs> it's so fucked up that Crow just kind of stopped showing up in this book after a little while. Yeah. Crow is like the I... best part of this by a mile. Um, he he's gonna trick the world into thinking Satan's come to Earth. So they declare war on the gods. He rocks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's the Eternals. There's that's the Eternals. That. There's a lot of like the good stuff you expect from a Jack Kirby comic, but there's nothing like there's nothing like this this the VR issue of the. 2001 or like some of those other ones yeah i would i would say by and large i think the, the 2001 series is like doing a lot of stuff that's here in a more interesting way i think because it is the the one shots you know yeah, yeah um it's interesting to see jack kirby try to do like you know longer ongoing plot lines but um it's just i hesitate to say it's not his skill set because you know he's one of the greatest to ever do it but um it's it's not maybe it's not what I go to his comics for you know is the way to say it. So it's also very weird that they decided to pick this of all the ones to make a movie of. It really feels like um, well we tried to make Inhumans happen we don't have X Men uh, I guess we're gonna try to make this happen um, and now they just have X Men so no one cares. <laughs> um, I'm trying to what was the. There is... I guess they want to make the Celestials happen, maybe? I understand wanting to make the Celestials happen, for sure. But they don't even, like, do the Celest... Like, the Celestials have a look. Um, yeah, they do. Um, oh, okay. So, I remembered reading about this. Um, so... Thor 283 to 301, which is basically right after the Simonson run, I think. Because I uh -huh. think Simonson leaves with, like, 282 almost if i'm remembering right anyway Two, um yeah yeah this is the eternal saga and i do see carcass on the cover of this trade paperback i'm looking at here so uh maybe i'll have to go read these thor comics to find out what the eternals get up to after this mostly because i want to find out more about reject what does reject get up to does crow yeah. come back <laughs> uh, rejects in the later earth x stuff because all that's so the thing about that that book is that like when you want to say, like, okay, the Marvel Universe was created and makes sense, you have to square the circle of the fact that there are a billion different real and fictional gods right. floating around yeah. the same place. Like, and how do you how do you reconcile Galactus and Thor and Odin and this, you know? 
and Mephisto. And Mephisto, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like all of the X, ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there, but it, it's it's fun how it does it. We could do yeah. that at some point if you want to. Oh, you know what? I I realized. Um, speaking of Mephisto, that I read. Well, maybe I talked about this in the last podcast. I fucking read the Magic miniseries, which is some of the greatest fucking oh, comics. No, you didn't. Oh, okay, okay. Because, yeah, I read the Magic miniseries, which is not quite Mephisto, but might as well be. That shit's so good, dude. That shit is so fucking good. <laughs> um, Claremont, so good. <laughs> Jack Kirby, so good. <laughs> um, I kind of want to... Uh, you don't want to be good at this stuff, but... Who is good at this stuff? Um, hmm. Do you know who Ladron is? Uh, the name's ringing a bell. So he worked for Marvel for a time, and then he did a lot of uh, Elephant Man stuff and like that kind of Euro comic stuff. And his style is basically what his style when he worked for Marvel is like if you took uh, Mobius and smashed into Jack Kirby at high speed. Okay. Um. What's his name? Uh, I'll send you this picture of he did a. He did a run on cable with uh, Joe Casey that is really, really fucking good. Okay. And this is what it looks like. Oh, shit. Okay. Which is just like, yeah, it's like the Europe. It's, it's like if you, you made a European yeah. Jack Kirby. <laughs> it is kind of. It is. And the thing, the thing about that that is the heartbreaking thing in the world is um, so uh, Marvel does not know what to do with artists a lot of the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there was, uh, he did a pitch to them for an Inhuman slash Fantastic Four thing that showed up in the back of a lot of issues of Marvel Comics in the 90s and the early aughts. And this is, they passed on it. And I'm going to show you these four pages and be like, they passed on, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. They passed on this, yeah, uh (laughs) Um, uh-huh. So. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> is that the thing with a jetpack? <laughs> um Man. Yeah. Bro. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the thing with a jetpack. That's basically the thing with like Orion's weird shit that he uses to get around. <laughs> yeah, the Astro Force. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um Oh, it's good. I love how, like, there's all this, like, blue on the page, so the thing just sticks out like a sore thumb, like he should. Yeah, the classic movie poster thing, right? The yeah. Blue door. <laughs> He's right there. Right <laughs> yeah. <again>. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, the Inhumans never have looked cooler than this panel <laughs> that you've said. It's really fucking sick. <laughs> I believe he did, like, he did a cover, um, Oh, what is it? Yeah, he did. He did. He did mini. He did either miniseries or like the covers for the miniseries for the Inhumans. Uh, where is this Black Bolt image? It's sick. Uh, Black Bolt, one of the characters of all time that just is sick but doesn't do ever want to do anything. No, um, <laughs> never. It looks like he did um, some Spider Boy team up stuff. Uh, yeah, which... I mean, that was that was for um, that's for... a big like crossover thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <sighs> Oh, I've seen I've seen this illustration of yeah, Black yeah. Bolt before. Um this is a good fucking Black Bolt. Um Where did he 
I'm trying to see because it says he did some Spider Boy issues, but I'm I just I'm trying to see because I kind of like just the team up. Okay, just team up. Okay, okay. because it was it was as amalgam stuff. Right, 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 right. So right, it was right. it was Spider Boy and the Legion of S- Superheroes. Right. Okay. Or the okay. Legion of Galactic Guardians because it's both the Legion of Superheroes and the Guardians of Galaxy smashed together. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Spider Boy is that, fun. Spider Boy is really yeah. fun. Those comics should be way better than they are, but they're not. And it's really annoying sometimes. <laughs> like, the, the, the old Magnum stuff. Yeah. Um, like, the idea is really cute, but, like... I should I should read some of that 90s Superboy stuff, because I feel like... I feel like that has the shit I'm looking for in some ways. Because I know that, like, the... You know, he's hanging out with the League. Um, Man... Legion of Galactic Guardians 2099, right? <laughs> yeah. There's some good names in here, too. Uh, this is basically the only Amalgam comic I've gotten into. And it's been, like, a long time, and I think I just skimmed through it. Um, but, yeah. This is good shit. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and then next time is Finder, right? Yes, next time we are reading Finder Sin Eater. Um, so it's the first 15 issues of Finder. Oh, wait, one more thing, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Um, There's a bit in time where uh, Chris Claremont was doing Fantastic Four comics. Mm-hmm. And they go oh. to France. I know about Byrne doing Fantastic Four. I don't know about Claremont. Claremont writes Fantastic. it in the 90s. After uh, oh. Heroes Reborn okay. and Heroes Return, he writes okay. it with... Um, um, uh, so this is going to be funny for you. You were supposed to Salvador Lorca oh, drawing it, but have you ever seen his work before he did the thing he did recently? This okay. I'm looking at a couple pages. This is there's... he draws comics in the '90s. Yeah, there's a little too much Invisible Woman ass on this page. I'm looking at here, but um, little, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like uh, it's it's if you have only seen. His work from Iron Man going forward, it is weird seeing like this kind of stuff from him being like, wait a second. Yeah. You drew car- you drew books? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I really like, want to read he- like that Darth Vader series that everybody likes, but I just I don't really want to read no, no, no. stuff. Um he notably did uh the he was working on Batman at the time of one million. So that's oh. him drawing that issue too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've not because I'm, I'm like, slowly picking away um, at, like, some... <clears throat> DC is starting to make it easier to, like, just start at Crisis and move forward with reading Batman. And so <laughs> I'm, like, in some, like, Wagner, Grant, at Norm Brayfogle yeah. stuff right now. And I'm I'm slowly getting toward... First, I gotta get through Nightfall. And then I think on the other side of that, it'll be time for DC 1 million stuff. But but back to the reason I brought that up in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Captain Bridge Corpse is funny. Uh, that in that bit. Um... Those are the, some of the first comics I ever read, uh, but uh, notably, Ladron does one of the annuals when they're in France, and in both the main run comic and in this annual, uh, they just put John Renault in the comic to be the French inspector. <laughs> 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 Very much like Anamusha Three does, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just the guy. He's just there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um. Oh fuck! What was I? You you were jogged my memory. I remembered recently what like I saw the cover for the very first comic I ever got, um, which I'm pretty sure was a. In hindsight, it was like a, it was either a Bendis or a Brubaker Daredevil 
uh, issue because my dad took me to see the like Ben Affleck Daredevil movie and then just bought me an issue of Daredevil. <laughs> and I saw the cover recently and I was like, holy shit. But I'm not going to be able to find the cover while we do this podcast. Yeah. Oh, Mine's really easy because it's it's this one. It was in a like a it was wrapped in plastic in like four different comics, and it was the one that oh, stuck out. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, oh, Commandy's so good. Yeah, it was like that. Like some random like Tales of the Empire Star Wars comic, and like some other random like cosmic thing. Yeah, yeah. It might I might have found the the cover of the one I'm thinking of. Um, I'd have to look at some of the interior pages, but I'm pretty sure it was. Just this, which I don't know what makes you think, yeah, I'm going to buy this for an eight-year-old. What exactly on this cover is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, next time we're doing Finder with Mark. Yeah, we'll be joined by Mark. I believe it'll be a um, paid episode. I got to double check. There was a little message about it in the last uh, episode. Um, and yeah, it's like, if you pick up the Finder library, it's like the first 360-ish pages. Just stop when you get to King of Cats. Um, I thumbed through some of this to try to get a page count, um, and holy shit, some of the art in Finder is good. So I'm excited to read that. We'll be recording that next week. A little bit of a quicker turnaround, but, um, that'll be fine. Um, and then, oh, I, I should, um... Nia was wanting to guest soon, and I was going to throw you an idea for that. Uh, sure. But I'll do that after we stop recording. <clears throat> um, Rick, where can people find you online? Uh, usual places. I don't know. Nothing to plug right now. <laughs> um, yeah, go to exportodd.io uh, to support us. $5 gets you a bunch of bonus episodes of this podcast. Um I'm kind of tired, and I want to go back to playing Baldur's Gate a little bit, so I may be not going to do the full rigmarole of plugs, but <laughs> autumnal underscore coffee on Twitter, autumnal coffee on co-host. Um, yeah. Um, I've just been gaming mode so much this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye.